Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs, and welcome to The Great America Show. We're just over six months from the midterm elections. November 8th is Election Day, or in quite a number of states, the main event date Republicans aren't quick learners, it seems, at least the ones at the Republican National Committee. Great work, RNC. The optimists in the GOP are talking about a wave election, a landslide of epic dimensions, taking somewhere between 30 to 70 seats in the House, as many as four to seven seats in the Senate. Realists are talking about unreal expectations and the danger that that might create for Republicans if they're too confident, if they're less motivated to get to the polls. So there you are. And then there's real life. White House politics and the spectacle of a puppet president doing the bidding daily of his Marxist leftist masters who pull the strings of not only Biden, but all of those around him. A scary moment for the Biden management crew, though, One of their puppets got wildly out of control the other day. Dr. Tony Fauci, or as we like to call him here on The Great America Show, Dr. Fauci, also known as Mr. Science, he actually declared the pandemic over in America. Great news from the little fella who's normally cautioning us about impending doom and gloom. So his sunny pronouncement of the end of America's pandemic brought joy to our hearts, and panic then raced through the entire White House. Their re-election strategy depends, of course, almost totally on keeping those thousands of ballot drop boxes on the streets of Democrat strongholds and unsuspecting cities and towns all across America, and have months to flood voters with millions of blank votes by mail ballots. Sweet. You can imagine the fear on the faces of the Marxist tools in the Biden White House. With the end of the pandemic, there would be no drop boxes, no piles of ballots waiting for the traffickers to stuff those drop boxes and changing the voting period back to just one day. Now, that would be a killer when you have thousands of ballots to fill out and stuff them. The Biden solution? Get Fauci to quickly change the science and admit he misspoke. That took just about a day. Mr. Science is nothing if not a political hack. And within a day, he was rolling back his statements, all of them. And within 24 hours, had changed his declaration to we're not out of the pandemic yet. Maybe right after the election was his implication, saying we're in a different moment with the pandemic, just a different phase. What he wanted to say a day after declaring the pandemic ended was something like this. The crazy China and Wuhan virus is actually raging through America now, spreading disease so fast and wildly that we'll never escape the China virus in America. 
That is the effect of what he did say after 24 hours. And the Republicans, as usual, can't keep up with the Marxist Dems to call out their rabid political corruption. They still don't have their own set of doctors or Mr. and Mrs. Scientists to balance the BS of Biden radicals, including Dr. Tony Fauci. You know the Republicans have to win, but they're not very clever about counting votes, where the Dems have a gift, don't they? With us today, our guest is John McLaughlin, great Republican strategist and an A++ pollster, and he has brought with him his latest polling. And John, it's a delight to have you back here on The Great America Show. John McLaughlin, great to have you with us here on The Great America Show. You've just finished your uh, monthly polling. And uh, give us, if you will, your, uh, uh, your most uh, impressive uh, sounding as a result of that poll. Well, I think the... the, the the big indication of it's a thousand likely voters. People are going to vote this November across the country. And uh, politically, it's very good for the Republicans, very good for even President Trump looking to 2024. But it's not good for the country in that two thirds of the voters still think we're on the wrong track, 64 percent to only 32 percent right direction. And, you know, you had a, a number come out on the quarter that the economy is not growing anymore. It's shrinking, actually. Right. And 52% of all voters think that uh, the country's in a recession. And they think that the economy is getting worse, not better, 67% worse to only 25% better. And uh, Joe Biden, for the fourth month in a row, uh, only has a 41% job approval and a 57% disapproval. Now, this is a 1,000 likely voters, and it's modeled after the last presidential election. So 51% of these voters had voted for Biden in, tw in 2020. And, uh, the, you know, the Democrats outnumber the Republicans by a point. And uh, um, so you've got a situation here where uh, uh, it's, it's, you know, quite bad for the Democrats in that and quite bad for Biden in that they're upside down and there is a Democrat floor right now, but you wonder if he can crack that floor because his numbers historically, they over the past year where he flipped, they were getting worse as the year went on, but it flipped with the surrender of Afghanistan. Right. And you wonder now with the Russian war uh, that Putin is threatening uh, NATO countries. Now he's cutting off the gas, to Poland. He's cutting off the gas to Bulgaria. He's intimidating NATO countries not to send weapons to Ukraine. He's threatening uh, military action against NATO nations. If Joe Biden does not back up NATO, you could see him even, you know, his, his, his low approval ratings get even lower because, you know, you look at the border in the United States, you look at crime across the United States, there's a state of insecurity. You look at the economy where people are worried about the price of uh, essential items like food and gas every day. And, and you know, the although the Democrats think there's a floor here that Biden can get better and he can't get worse, he can get worse. Right. And it, it, it could be historically worse. It's really bad for the country. You know, you make a, a very interesting point on the role of the Afghan uh, debacle. 
as he tried to get out of uh, Kabul far too quickly and too recklessly and ignored uh, thousands of Americans that he left behind. That's all on him. That can't change. It's indelible, I believe, at least in the voters' minds. Uh, we have a couple of potential Af Afghanistan uh, possibilities uh, that are looming. One is Title IV is lifted, then as many as uh, anywhere between five and seven million illegals could come into the country. Uh, it's, it's a very disturbing possibility, I would think, for Biden, but it's a more disturbing possibility for the country. Yes. And, and it's, it's fueling. What's amazing is that the, the, the human trafficking, the drug smuggling, the, the, the record number of fentanyl deaths in the country, uh, the cartels are making a fortune. And voters who are going to go to the polls this year in Texas, uh, Arizona, even New Mexico, as well as California, they're being invaded. It's not just uh, when you read public opinion polls in those states, it's not just a feeling of crimes going up or there's illegal immigration at the border. No, this is an invasion. And it's not just, uh, you know, people who are coming here, like the Biden administration would say, oh, they're coming here for a better life, economic opportunity. No, there's people that are coming in from other countries that there's terrorists among them. There's people that want to do us harm. There's, there's gang members. There's cartel members. I mean, this is an invasion of bad people. Uh, there may be a lot of good people that are looking to escape where they've came come from and go and try to find economic opportunity, but they're not doing it properly. They're not being vetted. And as you said, if they repeal Title 42, it's you know uh, really bad for this country. And uh, the voters are going to take action. I'm working. I'm always uh, forthright, and uh, I'm working for Jim Lehman, who's running for Senate in Arizona. And he's the front runner now in the Republican primary precisely because he's taken such a strong stand on immigration. And he's been endorsed by uh, Brandon Judd from the Border Patrol and Tom Holman. The Border and, Patrol uh, Union, right? Yes, yes. And uh, the, their union has endorsed him. And, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's a strong Trump supporter. He's been very adamant that they, they've got to build a wall again. But there's uh, um, there's actions that the gov like Governor Abbott, he's putting his national guard on the border and it's already cost him one guardsman's life who had to jump into the Rio Grande to try to save some people's lives and the poor man drowned and and it's yeah. uh, it's going to get worse and the people he was trying to save turned out were drug dealers uh, yes. it, it's there's just one tragedy after another on that border because it's corrupt uh, on both sides of that river on both sides of that border and the the political parties in this country won't come to terms with it. The, the Republicans, for whatever reason, are afraid to say what this is, that Biden, his administration, is Marxist uh, it, without any question, uh, whatever, they're, whatever they're supporting, CRT, the uh, Black Lives Matter. These organizations and this uh, philosophy and ideology that's being peddled is Marxist. They're trying yes. to destroy institutions. They're trying. Uh, they're as anti-America as any as we have seen in any moment uh, in, in this country's modern history. Absolutely, have to agree with that because when you look at, you know, they're they're trying to, uh, you know, their promotion of trying to orient, you know, they're trying to groom young children 
uh, about transgenderism, et cetera. I mean, there's no sense for that except like with Black Lives Matter, that their leadership is a good aspiration, but their leadership will tell you on their webpage right off the bat that they don't want to have the nuclear family anymore because they are Marxists. Right. And this open borders thing, it's all about, you know, breaking down our border, breaking down our sense of, of nationalism. And, uh, you know, I mean, they're going after American institutions, whether it's the family, whether it's uh, the military, whether it's, uh, uh, you know, law enforcement. Uh, you know, Americans have had it. And basically, I mean, like when we were talking about this poll, the Republicans are ahead 48-43. They should be winning even more in the generic ballot for Congress. Um, you know, Donald Trump, if an election was held today, Trump would beat Biden uh, uh, decisively. It wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't be close where uh, uh, he'd win 50 to 43. He beats Kamala Harris, 51-41. She's upside down. She's only 38 favorable, 54 unfavorable. Uh, he would beat, we tested Pete Buttigieg. He would beat Buttigieg 49-39. Um, the Democrats are really, uh, they're leaderless and their policies are just, taking the country under and they're going to take them under as a political party that the republicans if they stand for the right things like securing the border uh again getting rid of cashless bail putting criminals who particularly those who commit crimes whether guns drug dealers or uh whatever gangs they, they need to be in jail not on the streets not re-released and uh nationally militarily uh you know america has to be if not res respected, they have to be feared in the world. Where, if you want to, if you want to threaten us or our allies, uh, you know you're going to have a strong American military uh, tell you no. Whether you're Vladimir Putin or whether you're, uh, uh, you know, Iran, they want to get nuclear weapons again. I mean, Joe Biden and his administration are just doing unbelievable damage to the country right now. I can't think. And John, I, I'm anxious to answer you this question. Can you think of any single major issue, and by major, that is uh, top of mind in, in most citizens' uh, view, uh, on any issue, this administration isn't doing the exact opposite of what would be expected of an American president? Every, every single issue he's uh, dealing with and, and his policy on that issue seems to be aimed at destruction. Right. Is there I, an I exception to that? I can't. I, I really, I can't think of one where he deserves bipartisan support. I mean, it's just they've taken every good intention, whether it's infrastructure, and turned it into some sort of social welfare program that has nothing to do with infrastructure. And that was one thing where he might have been able to do something good on. And fortunately, Joe Manchin and some Democrats stood up to him on that. But uh, you know, uh, I can't think of anything. And what you have to look at is the corruption, because, you know, in this poll, 60 percent of all voters think Biden should take a cognitive test and make it public. Right. So they're worried about his cognitive ability. But on the other hand, uh, underneath it is, is the corruption where when you wonder about I, I've re read recently in the House Republicans have, have asked for an explanation where uh, the sanctions against. Uh, the Russian oligarchs and Putin supporters, they don't sanction the former mayor of Moscow's wife who had Hunter Biden on the payroll. Mm -hmm. And now you're seeing, you know, when the New York Times and the Washington Post acknowledge, oh, gee, that laptop did exist. Um, 
and there are there is bad stuff on it. It's an, and it's incriminating. Uh, you know, when they start doing that, you're seeing signs that it's cracking inside the Democrat Party that that corruption is really costing us. Um, it's costing us a lot economically, a lot morally, a lot uh, culturally. Where you wonder uh, if this is really the Manchurian candidate, where they they do have him compromised in such a way that you know he's letting China advance its uh, uh, it, its its goals in the United States. They're still spying on the United States. They'll steal that technology whenever they can. They'll aid and abet big tech when they want to silence conservatives. And uh, you wonder about how deep the corruption is because they've compromised uh, not just Hunter Biden, but the Biden family and the president himself. And then you have a situation in which after basically uh, being ignored by the, the, you know, the national left-wing corporate media, for four years, we learned that there has been a tax evasion grand jury working on Hunter Biden. Four years, the U.S. Attorney's Office in Delaware, and they still haven't come up with a charge, and they haven't. I, I can't even. I've never heard of a grand jury being in, in session for four years on one charge, and I don't care who the public figure is. This is just obvious, rampant, rancid political corruption. Yeah, and and you wonder how deep it is inside the FBI. And you wonder about Merrick Garland, the attorney general, at some point that U.S. attorney in Delaware that they've allowed to remain there. If he's going to make an indictment, he has to go to the attorney general and tell him he's going to indict uh, the president's son or the president's family or or make charges that involve the president. He has to go tell Merrick Garland. And I just don't see Merrick Garland going to the president saying, we're going to indict your son or your family or, or make charges that would you would be involved in without the Biden corruption extending to through Garland to the Department of Justice and the FBI, where the Biden tells him, no, you're not going to do that. And you wonder, because they've been able to suppress uh, this criminal investigation, you know, since since the election. And it was political interference by the media that they wouldn't cover this, that big tech uh, censored even the the New York Post, the oldest newspaper in the country founded by, you know, uh, Alexander Hamilton at a time when we did have freedom of press. And it was a virtue that we advocated in the Bill of Rights. And they basically big tech censored them and and, uh, you know, they 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 banned them and and. We found in a poll that we did for Brent Bozell's Media Research Center, a post-election poll in 2020, in November, 36% of all Biden voters were not aware about the scandal with Hunter Biden's laptop and the corruption charges. And if they had been aware, 13% of all Biden voters would have changed their vote, which easily would have allowed Trump to win the election. And, And so you wonder about, you wonder if, you know, that kind of corruption is, is going to extend, continue to extend into the FBI and the Justice Department and allow them to get away. I mean, it's just, it's well, you, bad. We, you know, we really now know, John, just how corrupt the FBI is. Uh, every part of it, uh, everyone there bears great responsibility because people had a responsibility to step forward and talk about uh, the phony dossier, the phony nonsense that was going on with Michael Sussman. Uh, Sussman going into uh, the Justice Department to start laying down 
a predicate for a special counsel. Uh, this, uh, the FISA courts, uh, the whole the whole shooting match is corrupt. We have a huge problem that no one wants to talk about. And and by the way, I'm I, I'm averse to talking about it because I I get angry, I get frustrated because I know there's not a single person in the United States Congress or Senate that's going to do anything about it, and certainly not the White House. But the FBI and the Justice Department have to be cleaned up. The FBI knew about Hunter's laptop. The Attorney General of the United States, his uh, his Holiness and uh, nobility, uh, William Barr, who's uh, you know is doing everything again, uh, but being an utter uh, snit about the fact he wouldn't uh, intervene in a presidential election because that would be intervention on his part. And he knew that Biden was lying. He knew about Hunter Biden's laptop, the investigation, the whole rancid mess. And he would not speak up and thereby gave the election to a, a, a corrupt, clearly corrupt uh, Biden crime family. Uh, it, it's just stunning what we've got. And his he not only put his finger on the scales uh, he he spun history in a whole new direction and has created i think he's responsible for the creation of much of the mess that the marxist biden uh, enterprise ha- has delivered to america and you have to wonder about you know the rank and file members i think of the fbi are very good people you know when you when you saw what was going on in 2020 during the um, you know, during the riots and the assault on the White House and this, this, those poor Secret Service people with other federal agents trying to secure the White House against the protests where they were burning and, you know, throwing, they were injuring a lot of uh, good FBI and, and Secret Service people. And you wonder, those rank and file, you have to wonder how they must resent the corruption and they must know that it's going on. And, uh, you know, during during Watergate, those of us, uh, who follow the news? We always followed the the reports of deep throat, and you wonder if there's a deep throat. Uh, there isn't. There isn't. That's the whole point. Yeah, you know, there should be. Well, of I course think, they should think, have been, but not one whistleblower has stepped forward from the FBI. Not a single one from the Justice Department. They are witness to historical levels of corruption and the most evil plot against a president in our country's history outside of Abraham Lincoln. This is an appalling moment. And I know that you're, you're empathetic. Uh, and so am I with those who put their lives on the line. But, you know, those are, the, those are a rare few. In uh, yeah. point of fact, the Secret Service has covered up for the Biden family for decades. They did it with, they did it with uh, Hunter Biden's laptop. You have a laptop. point. Uh, have a point. I, I mean, I can't find it. I'd love to be able to say to you, you know, they're uh, they're pure of heart and noble of purpose and and defend the country. I don't yeah. know a damn thing about what the FBI has done to protect this nation. In a, uh, let's just leave it within the last decade. What did they do? What have they well, done with that budget? Who have they well, prosecuted? Uh, they pr- love to prosecute and uh, entrap uh, conservatives and Republicans and patriots as they did the uh, the four uh, men up in uh, uh, Michigan, uh, two of, I mean, it, it, they the judge couldn't even stomach what the FBI was trying. They threw in the heavyweights from the Justice Department 
trying to entrap and to convict these uh, these poor guys who were led along by informants and uh, placed uh, agents to manipulate the whole scenario. It was sickening to see what the government was doing there. Well, I would I would agree with you at the top, but I I absolutely there's been heroes inside the FBI and law enforcement at the rank and file level that are doing great work against terrorism and some other things. But uh, we got the one thing we absolutely agree on. We got to clean up this corruption, and it yeah. starts at the top with the Biden family. And if you want to if you want to look for an explanation, you know it's not the Easter rabbit. <laughs> debacle giving yeah. Joe Biden orders or the or the people around him that you wonder about his cognitive ability. I think the the absolute uh, the absolute problem here is the corruption. And uh, it's, it's starting to come out now. And yeah. hopefully people in law enforcement, in the Justice Department, in the FBI, those career people will want to get rid of it so that I think it's going to be a big factor. And then in this election in November and probably the next presidential election, that we do get a nonpartisan uh, law and order, you know, follow the rules, uncorrupt uh, leadership at the FBI and the Justice Department, and uh, and they and let them let them go after the lawbreakers, as bet they see. And by the way, look at New York State, the the U.S. Attorney and the and the Justice Department, and the FBI, they arrested the Lieutenant Governor in New York State. Uh, the sitting Lieutenant Governor was arrested. For basically corruption, where he was steering uh, uh, grants mm-hmm. towards his donors, and Governor Hochul, you know, <laughs> she's got him on the ticket, you know, and she she knew exactly who she was doing. And you look at New York State, like a, a full disclosure, I work for Lee Zeldin. Lee Zeldin's in a close race with Kathy Hochul right now, but Kathy, Governor Hochul is just extending the corruption that we saw go on from like Elliot Spitzer through to Andrew Cuomo through to her administration, where we've got to clean, you know, if you want an honest government, we've got to clean these people out. Would you, would you start with uh, uh, <laughs> Andrew Cuomo, uh, or, uh, you know, the, uh, in terms of the corruption in New York State, you're, you're missing a few decades of corruption <laughs> to, to begin with. Uh, New York is, is appalling. Uh, and and they, they're an unchallenged party. The Democrats are corrupt, and that's uh, that's true. Whenever you see uh, power like that bested for so long, entrenched for so long, they're going to do what uh, is human nature, and they're going to do so wantonly. Uh, let me ask you a couple of questions. And by the way, I, I, let me tell you about a couple of the great things that they've done about terrorism in the FBI. They've designated parents who are raising their voices in a school board meeting as domestic terrorists. That's one of the group of terrorists that they've been very effective with. Uh, you know, and the other part uh, of this issue is I, I want to believe that the FBI agents are great people. I really do. I want to believe that of everyone in law enforcement. But I don't see it. I don't see them standing up uh, for what is right in this country. And they're not alone. I mean, we've got a corruption problem that extends across this uh, country uh, to, to, you know, from the border, which is absolutely corrupt, to uh, Washington, D.C., which is a swamp in which it's, it's suffocating uh, the, the corruption there, as you well know. I, I, I want to get back to the election just very quickly. And that is... The president, if he runs now, he wins. Uh, DeSantis is doing a lot of great things. 
how much of a threat is he in terms of the support in the public's mind as you do polling? Well, if, if I mean, he's the governor of Florida, so he's known in Florida. Um, he's not known. You got to realize a lot of the media across the country is not covering a lot of what he's sure uh, what he's doing policy wise. And he's got to get reelected as the governor of Florida. I mean, right now, when you look at Republican primary voters across the country, they're really focused on the buyer's remorse with uh, uh, with with Donald Trump. They they you know, right now, Republican primary voters, 69 percent want Trump to run again. Uh, if he runs again, they would support him 83 to 14. These are unbelievable numbers. These are stronger yeah. than Reagan ever had. And if he's and if he's in uh, uh, in a field of like 13, 14 candidates, Trump's getting 57 percent of the vote. And the, and DeSantis is running at like 13 percent and Pence is at 9 percent. And then the rest are all in single digits. So so right now, because Joe Biden is so bad, the buyer's remorse that we said would happen for Donald Trump has happened far sooner and earlier than we ever expected. And there is a yearning to go back to, hey, Donald Trump, you may not have liked his style. You may not have liked his tweets. But on the other hand, you liked his policies. The economy was growing. We were creating jobs. He created the vaccines that allowed us to get out of the pandemic. I mean, he was a bull in the China shop in a lot of ways. And there's people here that if he's beating Joe Biden. That was, I was also part of his charm, John. I, I think a lot of people loved having that bull in that China shop. You and I loved it. But <laughs> there's a lot of people that didn't. And they watched that. They they used to watch CNN. They don't even watch it anymore. They're going under. But the uh, but the oh. but the but the when you look at it, there were a lot of people that were put off by his style, because he was a businessman. He was straightforward. He was very blunt at times. Um, he's from New York. Um, people were put off by that style, and they mixed style up with set, substance. And now they're like, we don't care. We want him back. And he, like I said to you, he's beating Joe Biden fifty to forty three. A quarter of Joe Biden's supporters are disapprove of the job he's doing and a good number of them now would vote for trump so um you know there is there's a there's a it was only a little while ago but there's a uh, a big nostalgic boom for president trump uh to save our country right now because the, the kind of problems that we've had in terms of the economy security um our culture we didn't have these a couple of years ago we had a pandemic we had uh, you know urban riots. We had uh, the economy was turned shut off, and you know there was concern that we'd go into a depression. But you know we got through all those things, and thanks to President Trump, and Joe Biden squandered it all. So, yeah. uh, well, know, so we, we had we had a, a clear indication. You know that summer of riots and arson uh, and protests and mayhem was organized by the Marxist left in this country. It went for five months and it was dutifully shut down after the election was uh, uh, safely in the bag. And it's just transparent. And then there yeah. were no prosecutions from the Democratic uh, Party, uh, the George Soros district attorneys, the attorneys general who are themselves, you know, just part of the Marxist left uh, cabal within the Democratic Party. The leadership. Uh, I want to. I want to get a sense from you. You mentioned this uh, earlier, but what is this new fixation 
this new focus on uh, transgender, uh, but you mentioned DeSantis, uh, there, there's a clear divide in the country. Uh, liberals, left-wingers talk about, uh, uh, don't say gay, referring to the parental rights law in Florida that created such a, uh, uh, a firestorm down there. Uh, and conservatives refer to it as parental rights. I don't understand, and you've got the best sense of what's going on in this body politic. Are there really so many transgenders? Are there so many transsexuals in this country that this is now a, a is there a, an enlarged fixture within our body politic of uh, these people? Because I just don't understand the sudden, they've just sort of burst upon the scene here. Well, Actually, no, but it's this woke culture where, um, you know, they're trying to describe us as bigots and intolerant. And the reality of this is that they're creepy. I mean, this is, they, you know, the idea that um, uh, that you want to tell kids in kindergarten about gender orientation. They don't, they're not thinking about sex and stuff like that. I mean, these are young kids who need to... You know, they lost a year of education where they, they, they lost a year, they were out of schools, and they need to be brought up to speed on reading, writing, and math. Right. And you've got these educators who are, you know, in this whole culture that they want to groom these kids, and it's just creepy. And the parents, like we asked a questionnaire, January survey, um, should you allow uh, biological men to compete in, uh, men and boys, biological men and boys to compete in women's uh, high school and college sports, and, and they're saying no, and it was 68% to 20. And it's it, there's a fairness there. And the people that are tipping the tide, because I've seen it change over the past year, uh, is, is basically you're looking at these women athletes and their moms who devoted their lives to, okay, I'm going to get up at four in the morning every day, take my young daughter swimming, or we're going to do lacrosse after school, or we're going to, uh, we're going to run track, et cetera. And, and my daughter is going to play in high school or she's going to then go to college and she's going to get a scholarship and, and she'll be successful. And they've spent, you know, a long time dedicated to their sports. And all of a sudden their daughter's not, she, she's being cut or she's not making, getting the, the honor she used to get because there's a biological male who is, is, uh, you know, is, is outperforming her because you have physiological advantages that the women don't have. And it's unfair. And the, the moms of these women athletes, a lot of the women athletes are afraid to speak out because, you know, they'll get, they'll, they'll be punished by woke, uh, you know, uh, administrators, et cetera. Uh, but the moms aren't, and the moms are speaking out and they're saying, you know, it's not fair to our daughters. And, you have like college sports and high school sports for women are being threatened by this because if if you don't have these gender restrictions based on biology, right, women's sports are going to lose. They'll be yeah. they'll disappear. Yeah, and, and we have to be very clear. The NCAA has given all of this uh, energy to the transsexuals, transgender uh, competing, particularly males in. Uh, female sports, I mean, they're destroying Title IX, the whole purpose of Title IX. 
And yes. the left is the most confused bunch of people in this country. They are once the most uh, hateful uh, and at the same time the most confused uh, and, uh, and, and destructive in their conflicts because this is not fair on its face. And we've got people so scared of the woke culture, they won't say what is as clear as the, and plain as the nose on their faces. It, it's, I, you talk about the woke culture, it's like everything else in our society right now that's sort of upside down. These people are mentally slumbering through life. Uh, and yeah. not, and they're not awake at all. So I, I hate that expression, woke culture. It's they're for the most part, in uh, a completely confused, uh, completely unaware, and indifferent to the rights that are fundamental under our constitution and the NCAA. You know, damn them. Uh, they should never, ever, have taken a, a a position like they did. It's it's to me, it's insufferable and destructive of the very sports that they should be uh, guarding with their very right. organization. Right. And they should, they should protect those athletes and, and yeah. it will, it will work out. And, uh, but, but you're seeing a, a groundswell across the country where all of a sudden Disney stock is way down and Elon Musk is taking over Twitter to restore free speech. I mean, the American, people, amen, brother, amen. Go Elon. Right. Right, exactly. So the American people and those smart leaders who are in tune with the American people are going to lead us on a, a comeback. And uh, who knows, November 24, we may see uh, 45 become 47 again. And we'll have won our third presidential race. Yeah, so. I think. I, I think so. I, I do worry about the president doing these endorsements of primary candidates. Uh, he's made a couple of choices I disagree with. Uh, I think, uh, and, and I know that, for example, are you doing uh, polling for anybody or strategy in the state of Ohio? No, no, right now I don't have. Jamie, I try to do what I do do well. I don't want to spread myself too thin. I can't take on too many races. Good, good for you, <laughs> because that's quite a race, as you know. Jamie yeah. Vance, the president's endorsed candidate. I, I mean, the over half of the RNC delegates from Ohio begged the president not to do this. Uh, mm -hmm. David McIntosh, the head of the Club for Growth, who you know, I'm indifferent about, but uh, he uh, begged the president not to, to do this, uh, endorsed uh, Vance and Josh Mandel, who seems to be a, a very popular candidate there and uh, a, an America First candidate. What in the world is a president thinking about getting in there and upsetting? He's the populist president, and he just told the people of Ohio, go to hell. Well, I, I the president had his reasons to endorse J.D. Vance. And J.D. Vance, by the way, I I don't know him personally. Mm -hmm. um, I have friends who certainly like Josh, who certainly like some of the other candidates there. And uh, uh, But, you know, J.D. Vance, I, you know, I read his book years ago about Hill, Hill, Hillbilly Elegy. I thought mm -hmm. it, there was a lot of valid points in it and uh, about culture in the United States and where it was going. And mm -hmm. he was a Marine that served in Iraq and he did go from nowhere to basically get himself through Yale and he stayed a conservative. But um, but the president did that for, for whatever his reasons are. But I will tell you where the president needs to focus is right now you've got uh, Lisa Murkowski running for re-election in Alaska and she voted to impeach him. And you have Liz Cheney uh, in Wyoming. And certainly 
those Republican leaders who voted to impeach him, uh, you know, because of whatever phony trumped up charges there were, we got to focus on those first. And some of these other races, they will, you know, I, I worked in, in 2020 at the time for Madison Cawthorn in his last election that he got reelected. I'm not working for him right now because they went in a different direction. But, you know, that was one of the races where President Trump had endorsed somebody else and Madison was able to win. And it's through a lot of hard work and grassroots effort at the time. Uh, so, you know, so we'll see what happens as the primaries evolve. But, um, but well, right does, now, he have, I, does he have it? I, I haven't heard anything about Lisa McCaskey. I haven't heard anything about those people who impeach going after Cheney. They, she's raising more money, I think, than their opposition. Uh, well, and by the way, if he and that's the other crazy thing about this, uh, he is sitting there supporting a candidate who basically opposed his views on uh, the environment, uh, opposed his judgments on free trade. Uh, he said, uh, for example, trade deals with China won't solve problems. I'm going through this. Uh, I mean, I'm scratching my head and I'm wondering what in the world happened to the populist Donald Trump that I know and respect and, and admire so much because this is just, this is a nutty deal in Ohio. A populist doesn't sit there and shove a candidate down the throats of the people of Ohio. It's dumb politics and it could cost him. Well, uh, like I said to you, I'm not involved in the Ohio race. And that's I why I'm asking that, this. You've got an objective yeah, view. I'm not, I'm not involved in that. So it's like, what I can tell you is that in, in Alaska, he has endorsed Kelly Shabaka against Murkowski. He has endorsed Harriet Hegman in Wyoming against uh, uh, Liz Cheney. And I'm not involved in their direct campaigns. But uh, but I think that's where the focus should be, as those Republicans who are within our in our camp who basically have turned on our Republican president and sided with Nancy Pelosi and sided with these yeah. D.C. insiders. That To me, that's the priority. And, yeah. and, and I do look at candidates where he, he hasn't made an endorsement in the Arizona Senate race. And I'm looking at somebody like Jim Lehman, who I work for, has been endorsed by the Border Patrol Union. He's been endorsed by people that know what's going on in Arizona. And uh, he stands for all the America First policies and uh, that the president. Just like know, Josh Mandel. Right. So <laughs> I so it's like, Lou, you know, he did, he should have called you. <laughs> No, he, he shouldn't have called me. He doesn't need my approval, but I, at the same time, don't suspend my brain uh, because somebody goes off the deep end on something. And, and this is bad politics. This president, I admire every one of his policies, his politics, sometimes in choice of people, it just leaves me scratching my head. Uh, and I, I, you know, and if he likes that, you know, great. If he doesn't like it, great. Uh, we're friends. Uh, he knows that. Uh, and he knows I'm I'm not a fellow that's going to sit here and, you know, talk nonsense about it. Uh, here's I just got to give you this last thing. W would you endorse? A <laughs> I'll put you on the spot, John. You don't have to stay on the spot. He called Trump America's Hitler. He described Trump as another opiate. I, I mean, are you kidding me? What in the world is going on there? I, I just well, saw enough of that during his presidency. And by the way, the Club for Growth and David McIntosh. You know, that that is a rhino organization. Would you agree, Club for Growth? Well, actually, huh? where, when David was in Congress, I did his polling and uh -oh. it did his first race in 94. So 
So, and, and the club for growth, when they started, you know, that was a way to, you know, primary Republicans who supported tax increases. Yeah. But now it's this, there's definitely people in the organization who are never Trumpers who, exactly. donors, who, but, who just want to stop president Trump because whatever yeah, so, reason. So I don't blame, I don't blame, uh, Trump for uh, not, uh, being too thrilled about McIntosh, but that doesn't explain Stephen Moore and Larry Kudlow who are part of the club for growth, who are absolute rhinos that he embraced like the Dickens, you know, it's just, it's unbelievable. Give, give Larry and Steve their credit that with that, the Trump tax cut plan, they designed it and that worked. And, and, and don't get me started, John, you don't want to be talking to me about tax cuts. That, that text got looked a lot like something uh, Mitch McConnell might have come up with. You know, we that. were no, he wouldn't. But uh, but they but that tax cut created jobs and that and, and it did get the economy growing again. So uh, um, but that's just facts. But yeah, we, I it's don't. been a long time since then. By the way, Biden, it, it, you know, what the tax cut worked because Biden and the Democrats want to repeal it and go back to raising taxes. Yeah, so, I'm, uh, I'm an old fashioned. Uh, I like targeted tax cuts where, uh, you know, populists create uh, big tax cuts for individuals. And uh, we saw way too much nonsense. Uh, I, I mean, that thing turned over. I mean, think about it. Reducing the effective tax rate for the lowest effective tax rate in the in the in the industrial world, the United States already had that. People kept talking about the tax rate, but the effective tax rate on corporate America was already low, uh, and where we need tax cuts are for the middle class in this country. And that, well, I by the way, it's a good thing I wasn't a Democrat because I would have had a lot of fun with that. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, and I've had a lot of fun with you today, and I appreciate it as always. John, we always give our guests the last word. Have at it. Ultimately, because we, if, if they don't rig the next election this November, we still live in a democracy. And we should be able to, through the primaries and through the general election, take back the House, take back the Senate. That has to be the focus right now. Because if we don't win races this year, um, the country will be in big trouble and they, they, the Democrats know they're in such trouble that they, they have repeatedly tried to rig elections across the country with, uh, no excuse absentees, drop boxes that are unsecure, et cetera. Uh-huh. And people haven't gone to see like Dinesh D'Souza's movie or Dave Bossie's documentary to, about the 2020 to, election. Let me give it everybody the, the name of the movie. Dinesh's is 2000 mules. And, uh, and David is uh, his uh, terrific uh, documentary. I, I just love that. Uh, is called Rigged, and it's about yeah. the Im- the impact of Zuckerberg's money uh, in five states and five cities yeah. in Wisconsin. It's amazing. <laughs> and we have to go see it, and and because we can't let that happen again, because the damage that it's done is is unbelievable to the country. So uh, so you keep getting the truth out and. That that's that's my emphasis on the last word. So, <laughs> well, you're a great American, John. Thanks so much, and uh, look forward to our next talk. Thank you, John. Thank you, Lou. God bless you. Thank you, John McLaughlin, and we look forward to our next visit as we close in on the midterm elections on or about November eight. Tomorrow, our guest is Attorney Joe McBride, defending his clients who are charged and awaiting trial. Some have been in prison for a year or more. 
we take up the injustice and the political exploitation engineered by the Marxist left Dems and the corrupt Justice Department and judicial system. Please join us for that. Till then, God bless you and God bless America.